the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 3. It's a delight since it's Thursday to have Sam Stone back in the studio. He is candidate for city council here in District 6. The election is on Tuesday. Many of you have already voted by mail. But if you have not voted by mail, this is very important, obviously, that you it is very important that you do show up and vote. Now, uh, Tuesday is, of course, uh, the big election day and voting day. But there are a few other opportunities if Tuesday is not convenient for you. Sam Stone, welcome back to the studio, among other things. He is also a radio host in his own right every Saturday, breaking battlegrounds heard right here at 3 p.m. Sam. Welcome back. Tell people how they can vote if they didn't send in their ballot by mail. Seth, thank you so much for having me on. And, geez, judging by the returns, they didn't. So, folks, I need you to go to the polls. you got three days. Um, You can go to my website, samstone.vote. We have all the information. It'll pop right up on the homepage when you go there. Um, But 10 to 4 on Saturday. On Then nothing on Sunday. Monday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Tuesday, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. If those hours sound strange to you, it may be because the mayor of Phoenix knows dang well that the election day vote is likely to turn for me in a big way. Ten to four on Saturday, Seth. Hmm. Those sound like any poll hours you've ever heard of. What about starting at 9 a.m. on Monday? Long after most people have had to leave for work. Right. Uh, Let's add the fact that there is one polling center in Ahwatukee. Where about half the vote will come from. Yeah, you're strong in Ahwatukee. Yeah, yeah, I'm strong in Ahwatukee. About half the votes likely come from there. There's one. It's so they a pay- gave you one, one voting Pecos center. It Community Center. There are five, five around North Central Phoenix where my opponent is strongest. Mm. So, I mean, they are trying to game this for all they are worth. But, folks, if you're concerned about the election, don't be the city, city of Phoenix. City clerk handles this election 100%. I know her. Uh, I trust her. There are zero issues with this election. If we don't get out there right now, there have been less than 9000 Republicans have cast a ballot in this race. I've been saying on this air all along that I need 20,000 Republicans to come out and vote. And if I get 20,000 Republicans, I will win. Well, folks, this is it. If over these three days, 11,000 Republicans come out, I will absolutely positively win. No question. No doubt about it. If they do not, I will lose. And if I lose, Phoenix, well, California is coming for you. That's what it, that, that's what this race is about. You have to decide right now if you want Phoenix or you want Los Angeles. And you don't get a choice. It's not like you're moving. You know, you're, you're, it's, it's coming for you because there is zero difference. I can't tell you one policy difference between Kate Gallego, the mayor of Phoenix, and Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. They are lockstep. In every area. So that's the choice you have right now, folks. And 
you know what? I, I've, I am working our campaign team, Jamie Kleshik, my campaign manager. She's done a brilliant job. We have been working unbelievably hard. We sent out 30,000 hand address letters to Republicans in this district asking them to get out and vote. Um, we have knocked on thousands of doors. Our volunteers have knocked on more doors than my opponent's paid team has. Um, so the, we are doing everything we can. But right now, this comes down to you, and I get it. It's inconvenient. You're going to cast a vote for one race. There's no president, no Senate, no you know, no governor, no big ticket thing on there. But, Seth, you've seen it. You know the deal. If we lose this grip, this fingernail grip that we have on the city of Phoenix, it's gone for good. It's gone for good because they game the system, and they will make sure that Republicans never get back into the city of Phoenix. This is it, folks. You know, uh, municipal politics isn't always seen as the most exciting and the most sexy of politics. But when you think about what it is we have in this experiment of self-government, it all starts with municipal politics, quite frankly. It all starts with what Aristotle, the first political science, called the polis, the smallest community from which everything else grows. And this community has been changing. This community has been changing through its governance. If you think you're seeing a few more homeless people in neighborhoods you never used to see them, know that I am too. If you think there's a greater homeless problem where the homeless are typically seen, know that that's true too. If you think that you need more police, you're not wrong. If you think you need a city government that backs its police, you're not wrong. Sam is the candidate that will ensure all of that. He is, as he has said, that finger in the dike because our city council when I was growing up, was a Republican city council. Hasn't been that way in a long time. You got one choice here, one choice to stop this flood, one choice to keep us from becoming Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco. Once it turns, as Sam said, it doesn't turn back. Not very easily yeah, look, and look, not for a very long time. Look at Portland, Oregon, at Portland, Seth, Oregon. right? I mean, Portland is a miserable place to live. Anywhere in the city of, of Portland at this point, you don't want to live there. Everyone wants to get out. And despite that, they continue to elect Democrats. Once they've gotten that foothold, they they own the media. They own the narrative. They control the entire thing. There's no one to push back. There's no one to present an alternative. You will, you know, where's the history? Rudy Giuliani is the only one I can really point to in New York and and in the 90s, taking that back and turning it around. And people don't remember how bad it was. I'd like us not to have to get there. Ronald Reagan, for the first time ever in the city of Phoenix, is where he said it in 1962. Those who have known freedom and lost it have never known it again. Well, there's a few international examples, but again, at what cost? Again, at what cost of time? At what cost of life? At what cost of expense? At what cost to the city? If you want want to keep Phoenix um, separate and different and a beacon uh, from the kinds of other major cities that were once beautiful, that have been destroyed by bad governance, please do your civic duty. I want to talk a little bit about Ronald Reagan today a little bit more because there's an interesting anniversary of a speech he once gave. It's the 40th anniversary of his evil empire speech. But while I'm on that topic, his favorite word was citizen because it was an active verb. You believe in self-government, you got to be an active citizen. We're not asking a lot of you here, folks. Voting is the bare minimum of being an active citizen. If you all promise to go out and vote, I'll even tell you a personal Ronald Reagan story from my family. Do it. Do it. Uh, Right now? Yeah. Okay. Well, they haven't promised yet. Can I? (laughs) That's how much you trust the voters. Okay. I do. I do, as a matter of fact, Seth. Yeah. So I think you, you know, we've said my father was actually uh, at one point chairman of the California Democratic Mm -hmm. Party. It was when Reagan was governor. Yes, sir. And so Reagan called him in talking about an issue. 
and they went at each other. This is about four o'clock. My father walks in there for 90 minutes. They are screaming and barking at each other. You're crazy. You're nuts. All, you know, back and forth, back and forth. They finish up. Reagan slams both of his hands down on the desk, says, that's the best argument I've had this year. Let's go get scotch and steak. <laughs> and, and they went out. They got scotch and steak. They were friends ever, ever day after that. Um, I'll tell the audience a story about you. You know, there's not a lot of politicians uh, and there's not a lot of people running for office I get a chance to be really close to. I get close to some of them and help them out here and there, but I've gotten to get really close to Sam. And one of the reasons is not only the importance of his candidacy. One of the reasons is also because I love the way he thinks. I love him as a radio guest, win or lose. He's going to. Oh, yeah. No, I'm coming back. And and, and let me add, Seth, I'm going nowhere. Even if I lose this thing, I'm not going to stop fighting for the things that I believe in and that will make this city and this state better. But one of the things I have to tell the audience about you, and you don't have to comment on this at all, is I've worked with a lot of politicians and political leaders over federal, state and local races for about 20, 25 years. I've never seen anyone as true to their word and as defining of the word loyalty as Sam Stone. He tells you something. His yes is yes. His no is no. I had a few experiences with a few experiences with Sam when he didn't know me that well. He remembers and he is loyal. You want someone like that in office for the first time in a long time? There's another reason to vote for Sam. He's a different kind of political leader. He'll tell you what he thinks. He won't filter it. He won't put varnish on it. He won't dress it up. It will come from somewhere smart. You may disagree, but his yes is yes, his no is no, and the word loyalty actually means something to him. I I start with with one very simple principle, Seth. um, Value loyalty above all else. I mean, that's really kind of the mantra I live my life by. I I will walk through fire for my friends. I will walk through fire for people. My word cannot be questioned, period. And, you know— Politics is, is unfortunately not consistently enough that way. No, it isn't. And that's also why you're a different kind of candidate. You want to learn a little bit more about him, samstone.vote, or email me anytime you want, and I'll tell you all about Sam and why you need to go vote for him on Saturday or Monday or Tuesday. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. I'm Seth Leibson. He is Sam Stone. You can follow him on Twitter as well, at Sam the Paul, Sam the P-O-L. Be right back. Sam Stone is my guest. You know, we, we I've had Sam, I don't know how many interviews we've done on this on these Thursdays, 10, 12, 15, something like something that. Like yeah, that. I've been on, what what that says Seth is I've been on this bloody campaign trail for too long. Yeah, a long time. <laughs> well, it's coming to it's coming to its conclusion uh this Tuesday. Uh Sam Stone candidate for City Council District 6. Uh Sal DeCicio is retiring uh and has endorsed Sam. Sam has worked for Sal. Uh Sam knows the city of Phoenix. He has uh my uh, full-throated and uh, encouraged support. But for all the interviews we've done, I think it's probably even more than that. The one we did last week got, for some reason, you got it and I got it. We got It got more attention and more reception than probably all the others put together in some respects. I got so many texts and emails about it, and I don't know. It was a head-scratcher to me as to why it wasn't a particularly different kind of news day, but I think... 
it was because we didn't talk a lot about politics. We talked a little bit more about you and your cultural backgrounds, talked literature. Um, but you got that too, right? It was palpable. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. it, it yeah. was really crazy. Yeah. Actually, I started getting phone calls right when you know, yeah. right out of the studio. Um, people were calling and texting, and yeah, I think you know, politicians. You don't get to be people much anymore. Um, I think everyone's afraid of it for a certain extent, right? But look, I'm. I, I, I just never believed in running one of those campaigns. Yep. And so I really enjoyed being able to talk about, you know, any of the, all that stuff. I mean, we if, talked about your favorite books. We didn't do movies, I don't think. Oh, well. But if you want to give me a few of your movies, that would be fun, too. I, I mentioned movies on this show and people light up my call screen like it's like it's Christmas. Well, first, I mean, Forrest Gump. Yeah. It, it's right right there at the very top of my list. I it covers mean, just, a lot of territory, it's, doesn't it? Been just brilliantly yeah. written yeah. and acted. Yeah. I mean, there isn't a bad actor in the entire right. film. That's right. Um, I love the story about Tom Hanks' brother filling in for him on all the running scenes because yeah. Tom's had a bad knee. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so that do you if you notice in those there's it's always at a distance yeah. and with this huge and from beard, the back a little bit, right? yeah, and the huge beard <laughs> and which the beard, right? the right. fact that they weren't the same person, right. um, which I, I thought I always thought that was fantastic. Um, you know, I I am I am a nerd, so Star Wars. You know, I I probably have seen the original trilogy for you know four five six yeah. like two hundred and fifty times each. I mean, I'm a nut. So right. that's the that's the stuff that started yeah, that, in seventy seven. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean the stuff. So uh, right when I was, I, I start, I guess, kind of early. I start remembering things from the time I'm about three and a half, yep. um, and that was when they brought the original Star Wars uh, back into the theaters right before they released Empire. Right, and so we actually that's one of my very first memories is going with my mother to go see. The original Star Wars, um, and just you know going nuts as obviously you have a, a lightsaber kid. toy or a oh doll I had or... I had all of that stuff action still, figure I, not doll action yeah figure. I still well no look <laughs> doll I don't care what you call it I still have all that stuff it's still in boxes I have there was this enormous Millennium Falcon toy yes sir um, I know, remember it yeah with huge the lights thing. and the noise yeah and the, it would make the noise would change if you would yes yeah um, so I still have that yeah I still have some of those things they're boxed up now I they're not look there's aren't collectors items I no. beat the crud out of them because yeah. I was a kid who liked to play. Yeah, that's great. You know, but hey, look, I mean, at that time too. So we we moved uh, to Boston from Boston to upstate New York when I was six, mm-hmm. about five and a half six. Yeah. Um, so you know, I went from that to having a pet bull. So inter- interesting childhood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Forrest Gump, Star Wars, um, movies, Bucky the Bull. And Bucky the Bull. That was that was what you were raised on. Yeah, we were talking about movies here yesterday. I had uh, John Shattuck in studio, and we just we kept talking about the politics of the day and referencing different movies. I think the three movies we referenced were um, Bridge on the River Kwai. What have I done? You know that yep. last comment oh, by Alex yeah, Guinness for sure. Uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance. Uh, great, great. Yeah. yeah, that last line was was apropos uh, when the uh, when the when the legend becomes fact, tell the legend. And I was I, I was using that as kind of what the Republican Congress, even on a thin read of a majority and only in office a couple and a half months now, how they have been vindicating so many things that conservatives have been complaining about of dominant 
false narratives the Democrats have been running with for way too many years now and uh, that the media went along with. And I said, you know, it kind of reminds you of that line in Liberty Valance. The media has gone along with the legend and called it fact. Right. And the Republicans have done a yeoman's job of, I mean, whether it's COVID, any number of issues. That's a great line. I want to, now that we're bringing up that, um, I'm going to throw something very out of left field here. But uh, one of my one of my other favorite movies, Tombstone, mm. um, you know, which is brilliant. But one of the things I find most entertaining about it is that everyone mishears, hears the most famous line from that movie. Okay, um, when Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday okay. says, "In popular culture, I'm your Huckleberry." Yeah, that's not what he said, okay. and that's not the reference. Okay. It's "I'm your Hucklebearer," uh-huh. and a huckle is the buckle on the side of a casket. Nice. So what he was saying is, I'm going to carry you to your grave. Nice. Um, So that's actually kind of one of my favorite, you know, that's like one of the most popular memes and all these kinds of things. And it's completely wrong, which I I enjoy. The line I like also belongs to Val Kilmer where, you know, he's 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 walking death. I mean, he's just dying from consumption with a bottle in one hand as he's dying. And he's comes uh, he shows up to 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 help fight, uh, help fight for uh, Kevin Costner for um, for uh, for uh, Wyatt Earp. And his friend says, why are you doing this? And he goes, he's my friend. And the guy goes. I have a lot of friends. Val Kilmer says, I don't. Doc. <laughs> I love Which, that, that line. Oh, that's a great, that great line. line. And, yeah. and that portion of it, very true to history. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. There was a real friendship, obviously, between Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. And Doc Holliday had essentially no other friends right. in his life. That's right. Um, and Wyatt Earp was, again, I think one of the reasons I like Wyatt Earp, um, he kind of got – they kind of hosed him over a little bit in that movie with the story about the woman he was with when he first showed up because yeah. that didn't play out exactly the way it said in the movie. Wyatt Earp was maybe one of the most loyal humans yes. you, you could imagine. Yes, that loyalty comes through again. That's been an issue for the last couple segments. Maybe it should be the issue through the rest of the show, this concept of loyalty in movies that show it or any other popular culture. It's a, well, and, and it's a, dying, it's a dying virtue, unfortunately. I, I, w- I would add something else to that, Seth. Um you know, you, you see this phenomenon where people are turning on each other over politics, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, to me, that's the worst possible thing you can do. I have plenty of friends who are progressive. I have friends who are Democrat of various stripes. Um, I can still be friends with them without politics creeping into it yeah. because we're loyal to each other as friends and, and we share the things that we do agree on and that we like and that are um, bring us together. And I, I really wish our society would stop and think a little bit about what we're throwing away yeah. by making everything this this political purity test. You know, that's 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 another testament to you about something you do that not a lot of political uh, p- people seeking political office do is you have no hesitancy going to any group whatsoever, even groups, you know, audiences, you know, that are not uh, ab initio in favor of your candidacy or your political uh, ideology or perspective, and it, it goes to show that you you don't think of citizens, whatever their stripe, as potential enemies. You see them as potential allies and friends, regardless. Because, as Aristotle said, friendship is really the most important thing in a polity, isn't it? It is. I'm Seth yeah. Leibson. He's Sam Stone. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Sam Stone is my guest. He's a candidate for city council here in uh, District 6. Runs through the Ahwatukee areas, up north through the Biltmore areas, and a little bit into Sunny Slope. Rough contours. Uh, right, Sam? Am I missing yeah, anything? Ahwatukee, Arcadia, Biltmore, yep. runs up the 51 to northern and across into Sunny Slope a little bit. The election is Tuesday, folks. You can vote on, if you didn't mail in your ballot, you can vote on Saturday. You can vote on Monday. And Gosh darn it, if you miss those, vote on Tuesday. Information at samstone.vote. You can take your ballot in if you still have it. You can turn it in. You can go in there if you've lost your ballot and gotten rid of it. They they will get you a new one. Um, Or obviously, if you're not signed up for early voting, you can go in there and get your ballot and they vote. And again, folks, and I have to say this because it's kind of one of the biggest challenges I've been rocking across is, Seth, I'm running into two groups of Republicans, one who are like, hey, this guy worked with Kerry Lake, I'll never vote for him, and the other going, well, why would I bother to vote because my vote's going to be just stolen? Look, stop, stop, just cut it out, okay? Like, this is about California or Arizona. Which one do you want to live in? I'm pretty sure I know the answer because you're here. Um, But I have zero concern with the city of Phoenix city clerk who's running this election, none. So cast your darn ballot. It'll count. There's no excuse. Yeah. It will count. Um, and on the other end of it, you know, look, I don't care if you don't like me. Look at the policy. Look at what we're fighting for. Look at what is going on in these coastal cities and ask yourself, even if you don't agree with me 100 percent, don't you bloody well want someone in there who's going to fight and have a different perspective on this stuff? Because I can't point to any of these cities that are doing well. There's none of these big coastal cities that I would choose to move to. So why the heck would anyone let it move to them? Yeah, absolutely right, Sam. Absolutely right. Nothing angers me more than 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 anything like that kind of guilt by association. Because look, that's not what this is about. This isn't a statewide race. This isn't a nationwide race. This is a race that even if they don't agree with you, people in this audience or Republicans who may not agree with you a hundred percent, I will tell you, they will not agree with your. 100% and they will end up agreeing with you. Well, I, I have no idea after 18 months what my opponent actually believes. I mean, he's in front of a, a, a left wing. I'm tripping over my tongue today, Seth, and that's not normal, but okay. Uh, in front of a, a left wing crowd, <laughs> this guy break. sounds like Bernie Sanders. In front of a moderate, you know, centrist crowd, he sounds like Mitt Romney, and then he comes in front of Republicans and he sounds like me. Yeah. So, you know, look, I have no idea what he believes in. He's the a shapeshifter. Thing, yeah, the only thing I'm sure of is he's going to vote with Kate Gallego's agenda because that's what he's paid to do. And that's what she has been campaigning for him about. Folks, he doesn't even live in Phoenix. He doesn't even live in Phoenix. And there's no one I know, no one I know who knows Phoenix better than Sam, who has worked, as I say, as the chief of staff for Sal DeCicio. All right. Those were your favorite movies, Sam. You said your memory goes back to about the age of three, three and a half. What's your first political memory? Oh, so my first political memory um, is probably actually Reagan's Morning in America ad. Mm-hmm. 1984. Um, yeah, yeah, really seeing that. I, I First distinct political memory. I, re- I remember political figures that would come to the house uh, to you know sit with my father and talk with him. Um, I mean, right, right to including, you know, some of the uh, some of the Kennedy clan who are still around in Boston. You know, this was obviously after RFK and JFK. Mm -hmm. But, Mm -hmm. you know, some of those folks, um, you know, mayors and that kind of thing. I mean, my father was a businessman. He was successful. He had been in politics. So you had those folks coming around. Um, None of those folks when you're a little kid are nearly as as awe inspiring 
is when we had Leonard Nimoy over to the house. Yeah, right. Yes, because you're such a nerd. Spock, baby. Yeah. Spock. Yeah. You've got to be kidding. And, and you know, I'm sitting there the whole time like, where are the ears? Where are the ears? It's entirely possible that you, given your family background, might have actually met both Dr. Spocks. It's possible. Oh, yeah. No, it's entirely possible. <laughs> it could have happened. Yeah, no. It could have actually it's, happened. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take a quick commercial break. Let's talk a little bit more about Reagan. I was mentioning earlier it's the anniversary of his – the 40th anniversary of his evil empire speech. And, um, you know, he's not getting anything different from Republicans today when it came to the press reaction. All the names that we are called today by the mainstream media, they think people think this is new. It's not new. Ronald Reagan was getting them. Barry Goldwater was getting them before that. It's just that the volume's louder and the outlets are are, are, are greater. There are more obvious news websites. There's more obvious I mean, it, cable it hits television. You personally through social media in a yes, way that it, it didn't and it, and, it, and it is more targeted. That's a good point. Let me take a quick commercial break. Sam Stone and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Sam Stone is my guest. His election for this uh, race, long race now, uh, coming to a conclusion this upcoming Tuesday. You can vote. If you didn't vote by, by mail, you can vote Saturday. You can vote Monday. You can vote Tuesday. You can go to his website to see how and where. Samstone.vote. You can even take your mail-in ballot if you still have it and hadn't mailed it in to one of these voting centers. If you lost it, go in. If you never got it, go in. If you got it, go in. Just bloody well go in because at the end of the day, we've been talking all along, 20,000 Republicans come out and cast their ballot. I win. It might even be less than that at this point. Turnout is so low. Um, So, look, we're at nine. 11,000 Republicans out there uh, still is far less than half of the, you know, 50% turnout. So, folks, Turn your ballot in. We win. It's just that simple. How long is the tenure for the first election if you're four elected? years, it's a four year yeah, race so and term termed out after 12, uh, three terms. Think about a lot of damage that can be done in four years if your opponent wins. Think well, and, and actually, it's it's tougher than that. So one of the kind of behind the scenes things most people don't know is uh, city races tend to be funded by the same people yep. left and right. right. I mean, they're, they're really just making a business decision yeah. uh, to get access. Almost nobody will give money to someone running against an incumbent. Right. So, look, if I if I don't make it in there this time, the chance that I'm going to be in a position or have any ability to do anything in four years, yeah. you know, that let you know, am I going to win the lottery between now and then? I guess that could change things. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd win the uh, we'd we'd all win the lottery if you're elected. And uh, and getting 11,000 people to vote over the course of three days shouldn't be that heavy a lift, folks. Not if you care about the future and direction yeah, of the city. You've got a friend. I guarantee you, if you're listening to this program here, uh, you've got a friend who lives in one of the areas, Awatuki, Arcadia, Biltmore, up in a sunny slope. Just call them. Be like, listen, if you haven't, we, we got to do this. Yeah. This is really an existential thing for the city of Phoenix. Because once a city has lost Republican representation, and if I'm out of there, you're basically down to one. Yep. Um, at that point, there's there's really no history of a comeback. What what issue when you uh, were you to get in? What issue would you roll up your sleeves to want to tackle first and foremost? Would Home, it be crime homeless, and homeless? Home, crime homeless, and homelessness. You have been an they're on they're the really issue. all connected. Yeah. And and look, you know from our personal interactions and the stuff we've been working on outside of here, um, this is a true personal passion of mine. I don't tell the story very often, but I was in a a very long relationship with a woman who got in an auto accident 
um, was prescribed, you know, opioids during the recovery and then just became addicted, you know, more and more pills. Pretty soon she's seeking it from multiple doctors. I, I got her to go to rehab a couple of times, but she would always leave right away. You know, really someone who I thought and felt very strongly was my soulmate. Um, and I watched that drug destroy her. I mean, just destroy her. And so, um, you know, since that time, and that was that was a long time ago now, you know, over a decade ago now. But still, um, that's something that every person I see on the street, I wonder what the story is that started them on that path. Yeah. Um, because that was her path, yeah. you know, and, and you're talking about someone who is a very functional, high high functioning, capable, intelligent person. And they were just completely taken away. Their entire soul was snatched light, by this. The drug. light went out of their life. Yeah. James and, Q. Um, Wilson. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I mean, you're, you're James Q. Wilson, who many know as the uh, discoverer of the broken windows theory. He had been a prominent Harvard uh, political scientist, criminologist for many years, written a lot of books. That he's probably what he's most well known for uh, is, is is the broken windows theory that was originally uh, un. un, un Un- unveiled in New York City with the with the Giuliani Bratton administration, but he said that uh, this this the addiction the the addiction that gri- that grips someone uh, the drug addiction that can grip someone he said it, uh, it it destroys the soul and ruins the mind that was his phrase it yeah. destroys the soul and ruins the mind and, well, and uh, we and have I, a task here to, we I, have a big task here in front of us yeah I saw it up up and very personal yeah. and um, so that I mean ever since then that's. That's really been my thing. But then I also started talking to the, the homeless people yep. around City Hall and yep. really getting to know more of them when I was there. And they're horrible stories. You know, the, every one of them, there's there's trauma. There's a lot of things there that go into to that, to getting to that point. But at the end of the day, they're really – the similarities are striking that it it's a slippery slope once you start into those types of substances and then it does lead to real mental issues i watched um this woman that i i loved very deeply i watched the mental issues build up in her as she continued to use this and you know the the um paranoia schizophrenia all these things and you know like we've got to do something we've got to intervene we've got to stop enabling chronic street homelessness it just doesn't um, it's not compassionate in any way, and I, don't, I really don't care what some of these experts in the homeless industrial complex say. It's what it is. It's an industrial complex. Yeah, because I, I've watched them for years excuse all this suffering yeah. um, and celebrate I mean, celebrate results that are so infrequent as to make the newspaper when they happen. Exactly right. Uh, one of the people who has done yeoman's work on explaining the crisis in California, Michael Schellenberger, author of uh, San Francisco, and he has a great Substack column. He was he was actually uh, testifying in Washington D.C. today on the um, on the government overreach, the government weaponization of 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 politics, uh, reaching into Twitter. Um, this is this. It's not something probably on the city council that will come to you. But you look at people like that, and you, uh, Michael Schellen. There's not a lot of people talking about these things the right way. Michael Schellenberger is one. I refer people to him. Read your homeless chronic homeless policy at your website. Your one. Drew Pinsky is one. The number of people who understand this 
problem rightly is very small, but it explains why the problem is now considered chronic, because the number of people who ex- understand it rightly is well, very and, small. And a lot of people think Schellenberger is some right-wing guy out oh, of California. Yeah. The truth is he was a progressive activist, yeah. and he just came he to He worked this. for Maxine Waters, yeah. for, for God's yeah. sake. No, this, yeah. this guy's a very you know far left in a lot of things. Voted for Biden, he testified right. today. But yeah. He's seen this, and yep. he's seen the truth of this, yep. and so he's he's really come under a lot of fire for it. And I think, obviously, that's an eye-opener for, for guys like him, Matt Taibbi, yep. um, a lot of others who have you know spent their lives on the political left, mm-hmm. but in this whole Twitter files thing are really getting a glimpse into their own party and yep. their own ideology that is clearly making them think a lot more about elements of it, and thank goodness. That's right, uh, and and that's an element of the Republican Party having taken over the Congress, too. Taibbi's testimony, very much worth reading, folks, today, if you want to understand uh, how tyranny can start anywhere. And it can start here. Reagan warned that it could start here. In fact, Bill, will you go out of the show, not this segment, but the show with that Reagan quote, you know, from 1966, where he talks about the potential of tyranny? I'd love to end the show on that today. Uh, and let me end this segment real quick by talking about a quick friend of both of ours, which is Y-Refi. A lot of people have been hearing me talk about Y-Refi for a while now. If you still have some questions about what it can mean to invest with them, they'd love for you to get in touch with them, and they'll happily put you in touch with any number of their very satisfied clients and customers in the Phoenix area who have been investing with them to great success. Their phone number is 888-Y-Refi-34, 888-Y-Refi-34. 34. They'd like me to ask you how your IRA is doing as well. Would you like your IRA to be earning strong fixed interest rates and not be dependent on the Fed or the stock market? Did you know you can invest with you can invest with Y-Refi through an IRA or other qualified funds and keep your investment, including the high fixed interest rates you earn, tax deferred? That's right. Your money can stay in your IRA and you don't have to pay taxes on the income you earn. Invest YRefi.com. Between now and Tuesday's election, uh, this will be Sam's uh, penultimate, second-to-last radio appearance, probably. His last one will be on his own show, which you can hear Saturday, Breaking Battlegrounds, at 3 p.m. on this very bat station. But, Sam, as this will be your penultimate uh, interview on radio, probably before the election, closing case. Folks, I think you've been hearing me on the air here. You, If you have, you know what I stand for. Um, I'm not even sure how to make a closing argument for this except to say that we are now at a point where we have to decide if Phoenix is going to go the route of all these big coastal cities or not. And if your answer is no, I don't want that, then I need your vote. Go to samstone.vote. You will get your nearest polling location on a pop-up right there when you go to the website. Um, If you care about homelessness, if you care about traffic, if you care about smart growth and not ending up with giant apartment buildings everywhere, but still building enough housing for folks in the right places, I need your vote. If you don't care about any of this stuff and you're like, hey, just give me more gender, you know, gender neutral restrooms, my opponent's your guy. Uh, and that's that's the best closing argument I got for you, Seth. Well, I have seen you work this thing very hard. Uh, I have seen you uh, appear in front of audiences you knew and know not to be uh, naturally conservative or Republican or supportive of your candidacy because you want – 
to represent all the city of Phoenix, but more importantly, you're the you're in the evangelization business. I don't mean religiously, but I mean politically. You will go anywhere, talk to anyone, debate anyone, and represent all citizens of the city of Phoenix. I haven't seen that from the Democratic Party. I see them shunning audiences they don't think agree with them. I've seen them shut down speech they don't agree with. Well, they'll pretend in an election right. cycle, but right. then look at like Katie Hobbs right now. You know, exactly I mean, right. every word she said in that election was garbage. Exactly right. Um, look at what she's actually doing. That's the difference. What you're hearing, what you're seeing with me, that's what you're going to get. Yep. There is nothing uh, nothing hidden about Sam, nothing artificial about him. That's exactly right. I'll say what I said in the first segment. His yes is yes and his no is no. And if you want someone, if you want, we talk a lot about conviction politicians. We talk a lot about whatever happened to a political leader that I can trust in and who, when he tells me something, he'll look me in the eye and I'll know he'll mean it. His handshake means something. His word means something. Here's one, folks. Here he is. This is it. Sam Stone. So, again, if you haven't mailed in your ballot, you can drop off your ballot if you still have it at a voting center. And if you don't have it, go to a voting center on Saturday, go to a voting center on Monday, go to a voting center on Tuesday, and save Phoenix. Sam Stone, thank you. Thank you for running this campaign as much as for being in studio with us these these Thursdays as you have been. And regardless of the outcome of next Tuesday, we will see you next Thursday. Folks, I... We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you all. I'm Seth Liebson. Until tomorrow, class dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.